this morning after uh, the Mass ends, we will sing probably all the verses of America, the beautiful, and, and fittingly so, because from sea to shining sea, this is one very beautiful country. And today and tomorrow, we celebrate our independence from tyranny, but that's only the beginning, because the real gift of this country, or is supposed to be of this country, is an independence, that, but as was written in the, our own uh, Wheaton Franciscan online newsletter this last week, interdependence. And it's written right into the preamble of the Constitution, that which we learned in fifth grade and, and is still with us. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, uh, uh, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and promote this Constitution. And the last time I said that was in fifth grade. <laughs> but it's all there. In order to form a more perfect union, the name of the game is union. It's not by mistake that we are supposed to be called the United States of America. But as you've heard me rail for the last couple of months, I fear that we probably are more the divided states of America. And depending on which state you live in, it seems like the, the twain shall never meet. And the more I find myself thinking about that, the more depressed I become and wallow in my own little self-pity because we feel so helpless to do anything about it. I, uh, my, my prophet these days has become Jeremiah as they throw him into the cistern and he's, and he's coming back out and he's looking at the devastation of the exile, of being in, the, in a deserted and, and, and forlorn place in Babylon and he cries out if I go out into the into the country look those slain by the sword if I if I go into the city look those dying of famine my goodness I keep on saying can I relate even the prophet and the priest forage in a land they know not that's Jeremiah we didn't listen to him today we heard Isaiah and I hope we heard Isaiah. Because Isaiah is in the same situation. Isaiah, too, is in exile, and he's just coming back to Jerusalem, and, or, and he's looking at the city which has been devastated. The temple has been torn down. Life looks like death. It seems like a, a scene out of Mad Max or, or, or uh, the Hunger Games. And what does he say? Rejoice. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad because of her. Exalt. Exalt with her, all of you who are mourning over her. All of you that you may suck fully of her comfort and nurse at her abundant breast. For this and thus says the Lord, I will spread prosperity over her. As nurslings, you shall be carried in her arms and fondled on her lap as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. 
Oh, everything on the outside is falling apart. But obviously, Jeremiah is seeing something on the inside. Now, if we want to see the wonderful feminine side of God, oh, listen to Isaiah today. Can a mother forget the child of her womb? This God is not going to forget the child of this God's womb. This mother God who fondles her infant on her laps and, and makes sure that we are fed and nourished with everything that we have and a security that is absolutely unbelievable. The question for us, in the middle of all the external stuff that's going on, can we be in touch with the deeper reality? Um, Isaiah seems to think so. And, of course, the outer world is going to say, are you naive? Can't you see what's going on in the midst of the war, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of everything either being black or white, red or blue? And the line shall never be crossed? What do you mean? Uh, what, what do you mean that, that you are to rejoice and delight? Are you simply out of touch? Or do you know something we need to know? And, of course, the reality is we know it, but we forget it. In, in the core of our being, in the deepest part of our own divine DNA, we know that we are being held and we are being loved in a way that we cannot be held any other way than by divine love. We are being held not only in existence, but being held in love. And because of that, no matter what's going on on the outside, we can be just absolutely secure on the inside. My favorite images are of the, of the, the, the Viennese Philharmonic Orchestra playing Strauss waltzes while Hitler's invading army was right outside the door. Are they crazy? Lovers of music? Or do they know something? That something is really more important than what's going on on the outside. Or the mother who does, in the midst of a thunderstorm that she has no control over, comfort her child, and the child is just fine. What in the world is going on here? What gives us the power to navigate the treacherous waters that we find ourselves in? You know, last week, Jesus called us by name. And if we are in this church today, we are a disciple of Christ. If we have come here today, it's because we have responded to that call and we said, yes, we will be here. And we will listen to that which is most important, not to that which is spurious. Today, St. Paul is going after the spurious Galatians because they really think unless you're circumcised, you can't be a real follower of the way or the follower of this Jesus. And Paul's saying, that's a bunch of baloney, circumcision, schmirkumcism, it doesn't count. It's not where the action is. You want to know where the action is? Here's the action. The action is if I'm going to boast of anything, let me boast of the cross of Christ because in that I have become a brand new creation and nothing can hurt me. Nothing can hurt me. You know, we, we get caught in so many little things. My, my big fear is that right now in the, the next election, we're going to get more caught in inflation than the issues that we really need to be paying attention to. Why? Because we glob onto the superficial. We glob onto that which is external, and we ignore that which really counts. 
And so after we've been called today, we find Jesus giving his marching orders. And he's giving his marching orders to us as well. And what he's saying is, uh, all right, I'm going I'm to send you out. And you know what? You're going to be with a pack of wolves and you're going to be little lambs. No, that's okay. And not only are you going to be little lambs, I want you to go there without uh, a snack pack, a cell phone, a credit card, or, an inv- or a reservation at the Holiday Inn. Yeah? I want you to go there absolutely vulnerable with the only weapon I'm going to give you. And that's the weapon of mercy and love and forgiveness. You go into that world with that weapon, and then you are to go, well, from door to door. Now, before you go, I want you to pray. Pray, because there really is an incredible harvest. And there really are very few who are willing to go door to door. But when you go, here's what I want you to say. When you knock on that door and you walk into the door, here's the first word that comes out of your mouth because it is already in you. Don't doubt for a moment that it's in you. Shalom. Shalom. Peace to you and peace to this household. Now, if that peace transfers from you to them and then it bounces back inside of you, you're fine. Now you've got something to say. Now they're going to listen. If it doesn't, Don't get on your high horse to prove your point. So often we have found ourselves in conversation with people who are diametrically opposed to what we see and what we dare to believe, and all we do is dig in deeper, and they dig in deeper, and all we do is make each other angrier and and talk past each other, and no one hears anything. We're living in a culture that is absolutely deaf and absurd. And he's saying, don't waste your time. Don't, 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 waste, don't waste your time because you're not going to change any minds at that point, especially if they are hooked into what they are already hooked into. And so, so he says, after you've done that, if, if the peace does come back to you, here's what you are to do. The first thing, heal. Heal the sick. You've got the power to heal the sick. I'm giving it to you. We I spoke this week with the sisters at our, one of our daily masses about the incredible power that we've got to heal and the wonderful touch. And again, my favorite story is, is the little girl who comes to her mommy and she's got a scratch on her hands. And mommy says, you've got a scratch. She says, I've got a scratch on my hand, so I'll make it better. And she spreads bacteria all over it. <laughs> and she heals. And she heals. That's not hocus pocus. That's real, genuine healing. We've got that power, and it's done by a loving touch. A loving touch. We are not to be intimidated by the power that is given to us, but to use the power that is given to us, and then to announce the kingdom of God is at hand. What's the kingdom of God? It's seeing through the eyes of the Christ and doing what the Christ does. And as you know, as well as I know, you and I and we are the body of Christ in space and time. And so we we are to incorporate that kingdom and announce that it's coming. Now, whether whether it's going to be coming tomorrow or a thousand years from now is none of our business. 
You know, I think Martin Luther King really said it best. The arch of history is long. We've been at this for 2,000 years, but it bends towards justice. Now, it's really hard for us to see it, but it has, in the last 2,000 years, been bending towards justice. We have seen the idea of a woman going from chattel to daughters of God. And we're still not there by a long shot. By a lo- obviously, we're not there by a long shot. But we're moving. And slavery theoretically has come to an end, but racism hasn't. We've still got work to do. But what's the goal? A more perfect union. A more perfect union. See, the goal of our Constitution and the goal of our God seems to be the same. Oh, Father, that they may be one. That's the goal. That's the end product. So we can add to that arc of Martin Luther King the addition of, well, of, of what? Of, of mercy, of love, of understanding, of equality. Those are all the gifts that are given to us and are in us. They simply need to be exercised and we need to dare to believe. It's an audacity of faith that we who are the little sheep are in the midst of a wolf world and that we dare to believe that we have the power to touch, to heal, and to make whole. So Jesus sends them on their way and then they come back and they are rejoicing. They are just giggling. He said, we, we, we went out and, 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 and we, we did what you told us. We healed and we announced the kingdom. And, and, and we even have power over evil spirits to cast them forth. And Jesus is all smiles. He says, yeah, I know. I saw Satan fall from heaven. Kaboom. And that's the power of the world to divide. To blame. Uh, Satan is the accuser. The diabolical one is the divider. The way of the world is divide and conquer. Those who are making a fortune on their cable television programs know that so well because all they do is tell us who we should hate and who's to blame and where the problem is. And if he can, they can make us hate each other Oh, they're home free. But that's not our job. Our job is not to be independent states of each other. It is not my personal uh, private power. It's we, the people, interdependent upon one another. We have got to be stop believing and even watching and even listening to the incredible misinformation whose God is commerce to make money because they both are making money. It's an old saying that if you only got one lawyer in town, he's going to starve to death. If you got two, they're going to make a whole lot of money. Why? Now they got someone to fight against. They want us to fight against each other. 
That's not our job. Our Holy Father says our job is to enter into the divine encounter. The divine encounter. He puts it this way. We need to cultivate a culture of encounter that we are to be passionate about. Meeting others. Seeking points of contact. Building bridges. Planning projects that include everyone. And we can do that only insofar as we see Christ in each other, even in and especially our enemies. And so this is our prayer for the holiday. It was the prayer that you can read when you go back and click on the Wheaton Franciscan website. It goes like this. And it is a prayer for not independence, interdependence. It is a prayer for the coming of the kingdom. Oh, dear God, we, we thank you for the beautiful blessings you bestowed on us. Guide us in our being good stewards of these gifts. Let us care for all your beautiful creation from the redwood forest to the Gulf Stream waters. Make us instruments of your peace in order to put an end to the rocket's red glare and the bombs bursting in air. Help us to love and care for all of our neighbors locally and globally so that we might be truly crowned with brotherhood from sea to shining sea, and the people said, Amen. Amen.